Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast, the official podcast of Pineland, broadcasting to you from an undisclosed location deep inside Pineland, where we discuss faith, family, finances, firearms, freedom, food, and everything else in between with those who believe in living free and living out the values that made this country free. Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast. My name is Paula Favor. I'm here with my Ranger buddy, Mike Blackburn. And today, we brought into the G-Base this first podcast of the new year. This is Friday, the 6th of January, 2023. We brought in our columnist, Larry Schmidt, and a, what are we calling him? I think a uh, park ranger, Pete Moss. So, guys, welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me again. Uh because this is our first podcast of the new year, I just wanted to start off with uh, a quote uh, by Alexis de Tocqueville. Uh, you guys have probably heard of him before, but Alexis uh, de Tocqueville, he wrote Democracy in America. Uh, he was a Frenchman. He visited, it's okay to be French, right? He, he visited the U.S. Uh, back in, uh, before the Civil War. Anyway, he, ran, he went around and uh, he got a really good look at America. Uh, and uh, what he said, I think, is uh, always worth bearing uh, bears mention. He said, "America is good because uh, America, excuse me, America is great because she's good." Uh, and I think you know, America is great. Uh, I think we it's it's always important to stop and remember that the reason why we're great is because we're good. We do things the right way. Uh, this is an experiment. That's, uh, I think, 247 years now in the making. Uh, it's a good experiment. And the founding fathers knew what they were doing when they, they gave us our founding documents. And, and they backed that up with uh, uh, courage and determination. Uh, we won our freedom. Now, of course, we haven't been perfect. But America is great because she's good. And I think that's important to remember because of all the crazy things that go on in the world. And so uh, I'm thankful that I was born and raised in this country. And uh, so I was thinking about a good way to start off this new year is uh, looking at the clean slate uh, that we have. Now, we brought uh, a clean slate in a lot of ways. We we brought Larry Schmidt back in. He's got his sidekick here, uh, Pete Moss, who's going to dabble a little bit. But what a big thing we have. What a challenge we have with our Congress. And we've got some new guys that have the gavel. A lot of challenges they have. And I thought maybe it would be a good way to start off the new year is just look at some of those things. Like, what kind of challenges do we face? Larry, what do, what do, you, want, uh, what do you want to say about that? Okay, so a uh, couple weeks here, we're going to have the um, Republican-controlled House uh, get gaveled in. What was the number? 220? 221? Somewhere yeah. there. Uh, so slim margin there, and then it's going to be uh, 51-49 for the Democrats in the Senate. Um, so there's a, look, <laughs> I want to reiterate, this is the greatest country in the world. It will continue to be the greatest country in the world, but it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. Okay. Um, the news cycle is going to likely be, the predictions are dangerous, but news cycle is going to be crazy. Okay. 
the Republicans are going to, you know, launch a bunch of different investigations. They have the Twitter files from last year that shows federal government collusion with private entities on censorship and a whole host of other issues. They've got data. Uh, they're going to call witnesses on, uh, you know, COVID, Fauci. This stuff is going to happen, and the media is going to to do what they do. We already know what the media operandi, modus operandi is, so they're going to they're gonna have a, a, a day with it. Um, unless you're talking about the case of the Twitter files, because last year, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, n- name them, New York Times, Washington Post, they, they, they didn't cover it. Yeah. Hardly at all. Like, what's that? Um, Twitter files. What's yeah. That? So, but they're going to have to cover it now. Yeah. Once Congress starts talking about it, they're 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 going to have to cover it. Um, I think now. What uh, a treasure trove of amazing things that we're going to find in that. You've still uh, got uh, Ukraine going on. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean to move on from that. I'm just. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just going to run down a list of things Absolutely. that are do it running in my head. Uh, you still got Ukraine and Russia going on. Okay. I I, I prediction. I predict Ukraine's going to ask for more money. Um, more arms, more whatever. They Why need, wouldn't they? You know, yeah. uh, they got it before. They're going to do it again. Um, I predicted before on this uh, on this very program that Russia is going to move to a frozen conflict. I still believe that to be true. Uh, and then uh, China, that's kind of a wild card as far as uh, foreign policy goes. You know, they still believe Taiwan. I don't see any reason for China to change what their status quo is in 2023. Um, I mean, even with all the, all the problems they've had. Yeah, I mean, they've, they, they've had a lot of problems. They got stuff to deal with in their own nation. They've still got Hong Kong and Shanghai locked down in, in 2022, you know, it, yeah. uh, COVID lockdowns are, were going on there in 2022. So, I mean, but as least, they're, they've been playing the long game, long game for a long time. And, and uh, I don't know what their timeline is, <laughs> Uh, with, uh, you know, Taiwan, but I know they've been watching uh, us and how we have been fumbling the ball here, there, oh, yeah. and, and everywhere. Yeah, no, they, and so, they, they're taking diligent notes, yeah. copious notes, if you yeah, will. Yeah, copious. Besides that, I mean, I, my question is this. I mean, I think it's one of the things that we we saw happen in 2022, which was um, they they just didn't fix a lot of the voter fraud issues in this country um, the only place where we saw somebody handle that was Governor DeSantis down in Florida, um, where there was a red wave. And um, my my feeling is there was a red wave everywhere, but the fraud was able to um, sort of hold it back at bay. Um, we were still able to uh, take the 221 seats that you talked about, Larry, but um, is there going to be, with this new Republican Congress, um, is there going to be a push, and, it, and this is ma- mainly a state issue, granted, um, but is there going to be um, some push, hopefully this year in 2023, where some of these governors and the, and the government are going to try to uh, fix our election system? Okay, uh, so, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. That's the answer. Yeah, uh, no, you're not going to see any, any movement on uh, election why would they? They're not going to. They're not going to do anything about it. I mean, so. But I agree with your your the point of your question is uh, if there's problem with elections, why are they not fixed? Why Why did it take? Let's see. It just so happens I wrote a piece uh, that Havoc ran twenty first November twenty twenty two on what happened to the red wave uh, in the midterms. Um, so 
why does it take two weeks to figure out who won the Arizona governor's race? Yeah. Why does it take Nevada a week and a half to count votes in a state that's got... 1880. Come on, man. Like, <laughs> come on. This is, California was still counting votes in December last year. You know what I mean? Like, this is this is ridiculous. Count Florida... One more time. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. Florida had DeSantis up by 20 by 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. What's it going? You know. It's not who counts the votes. Yeah, it's not who votes that counts, it's who who counts the votes, right? Um, and that was that was famously attributed to uh, Stalin, yeah. but I mean, there's a lot of truth in that. And yeah. and I think, you know, one of my frustrations with the Republican Party is um, the naivety. Yeah, I no, mean, it's it's just like I've, I've, you know, yeah. it's there is no, there, you know, no one's going to jail for for no. election crimes. Okay, no. so it's like it's. It's almost like begging you to get in there and mess the system up because there's no penalty. And, of course, um, we've had election fraud for as long as there's been elections. Anyone who thinks that there's no such thing as election fraud is, is just stupid. No, yeah, there, there, is, there is fraud. Uh, I, you know, a lot of uh, conservative pundits out there say that the fraud only gets you, you know, across the finish line. It doesn't win the election. Um, I hold a uh, personal... Uh, belief that um, the left is, is a true minority in this country. I'm not talking 49%. I'm talking 17%. Like, you have diehard leftists, and then there's actually, you know, a whole bunch of just people who always voted Democrat and, and a whole bunch of people that just, like, go, well, I'm not voting for Trump, or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, but the true diehard, like, communist leftist, I think, is a very, very small minority of, of people and uh, they just happen to have a really big microphone. Um, you know, whether it's the media or um, positions of power or prominence or whatever the case. But so to your point, why would they fix the elections? The only way they're going to get them fixed, the only way the Republican Party is going to get them fixed in the states that need fixing, okay, is through the courts. That's the historical precedent so far. 2022 saw the state of Wisconsin Supreme Court overturn their COVID rules uh, that said they could not do um, uh, ballot harvesting. Basically, if you filled out a ballot, you had to take your ballot to the poll. Okay, if you had a mail-in ballot or whatever. So that got overturned. And Wisconsin was close. Ron Johnson won the Senate seat. Evers, the governor's a Democrat, but he only won by like half a point. So uh, Wisconsin kind of got some, some work there done. Pennsylvania's not going to change. They have a Democrat-controlled state legislature. Arizona's not going to change. The governor was the secretary of state who oversaw the election, the governor-elect um, of Arizona. She's not going to change the, the rules down there. I mean, they've got a uh, – Pennsylvania has a, a, a brain-dead guy uh, as a senator. They voted for a so, state legislature yeah, right. who was literally dead. Yeah, yeah. They elected a dead man. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the old bumper sticker. When I'm dead, please don't have me vote Democrat. To the extent of what the fraud is, um, I don't think we know. Yeah. Well, I think, I think we know it's multifaceted. I think it makes it look... Um, I mean, on every... I mean, they almost... They're smart. I mean, they hit at every level. You got the mules, right? I mean, um, that's that was the big movie. Um, what was that? What was that movie? Two thousand mules. Yeah, two thousand mules. Right. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you have the that whole network. You know, where you pay people to you know, uh, you know, just deliver these ballots to these drop boxes all over the place. We've got the machine, right? The machines, which are uh, 
Listen, guys, if it's a machine, it's got it's yeah, it's got an algorithm. (laughs) I'll be honest with you. I mean, anytime I'm voting in a machine, I mean, guys, to think the machines are cannot be manipulated is almost is, that's my that's my point. You're you're naive. These things are hooked up to the these things are hooked up to the internet. They have algorithms. They're programmable. I would I mean, listen. All lefties love machines. Who wouldn't? If you're into fraud, you love a machine. Okay, it is it is much difficult. I have to pay a mule to freaking drop off ballots and stuff. I mean, that, that guy's expensive. You give me the machine, dude, I could freaking do his work in like nothing but a couple of keystrokes. So it's multifaceted. It's not just the, the mules, but it's also the algorithms on the machines. It's it's all the little, uh, um, the old voter rolls that they never want to clean up, right? Where the, you have all these dead people and people that have moved away from old voter rolls. That they, they, they still can, have a use. Yeah, that they can create ballots for all these people. So... I think it's I think it's always been a multinational, multi-billion-dollar industry, and I was hoping that with the new Congress, maybe that now it, would be something that would get addressed. No, no, it's not. The uh, the the Republican House may try to put something up, but it's going to be okay. So here's not not to tail off into election fraud for for too awful long, but but it is a major issue. Yes. Um, the the fifty one seat Senate is pro is a problem. A fifty seat Senate was actually a lot more advantageous. Uh, that one seat is going to be an issue. So the other uh, uh, again predictions are dangerous, but the other kind of thing we need to look at is what the fifty one person majority is going to do in the Senate, because you can get um, judges through at fifty one fifty one votes. You don't need the vice president anymore. You have complete control over Senate committees. Um. Yeah, uh, the the one seat is is going to be a problem for Republicans in uh twenty in into the twenty twenty four election cycle. Uh, there's no way around it. Um, not just for judges, but I mean, at least before now, ne- never put your faith in a guy like Joe Manchin or anything. He's he's still a Democrat, but um, you know, at least you had you know Cinema or Manchin or somebody backing down on on at least price tags of things uh, that you can lose both of those people. Well, no, you can lose one of them now and still get Harris to, to break the vote, uh, the tie breaking vote. So um, that one seat was big and I don't know what we really need to figure out. Yes. Voter fraud. Yes. All this stuff. And I wrote in my piece in November, Hey, Republicans need to figure out how to go into Pennsylvania, how to go into Arizona and win those states with the current makeup of election laws because the election laws aren't going to change. Hey, let me so, let me uh, sneak in here. Uh, in light of uh, Roe versus Wade being overturned last year, we, we yep. failed to mention that on our uh, uh, year review podcast last time we got together. But I think that uh, didn't that set like a precedence uh, for returning things that should be state uh, it did. It did. And uh, I'll tie this right back into the election. And that was an awesome transition. thing, by the way. I want to make sure that yeah. that's, that's known as, I, I believe that was a righteous thing. That was a good thing, not only for the states, but also because uh, we, we say all the time, abortion is evil. It is. Yeah. Uh, so it's murdering the unborn. Uh, it's condemned by scripture. It should be condemned by your conscience. So this is a righteous thing that that was overturned. At least uh, the four... Uh, uh, beginning the battle to get this removed entirely, and on, but it's still it's back into the state's control. Yeah. So uh, 
Okay. But my whole point is, isn't that some type of precedence? So maybe we can start to see more of those types of things happening. Yes. The uh, the point here is, um, okay. Yeah. We're, 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 I'm going to tie it all <laughs> tie together. It in, right. Tie all it right. So, uh, here, so we had, what we got to figure out is why people in Georgia split the ticket. They elected camp in a landslide. They did not elect Herschel Walker. I think part of the reason is abortion played a bigger issue in the November midterms than we ever would have thought it did. Now moving into 2023, the Dobbs decision, which is what you're referring to, which overturned the Roe decision, which everybody, including Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the leftist uh, Supreme Court justice that uh, passed away, um, even she said it was bad. Roe v. Wade was bad law. Okay, Everybody agrees it's bad law. Now all of a sudden it is the world melting down for all the leftists out there in the history of the world. So... um, with that law being overturned, what that does is the ruling said it uh, abortion now applies to the Tenth Amendment, which means anything not specifically talked about in the Constitution of the United States is thereby left up to the states, hmm. the state government. Okay, so that's what the Tenth Amendment is. So what that means for 2023 and the latter part of 2022 uh, is this. It means that abortion is going to get a lot worse in some places. Okay, by the way, I will lose the midterms every single time for Roe v. Wade being overturned. I wrote that in my piece in November. I say it again. Roe v. Wade being overturned, never thought it would happen in my lifetime, and I'm younger than these two, uh, two guys sitting across the table from me, and uh, that's that's huge. That's a huge win. You take that over anything else, no matter what, hands down. Yeah. Um, I never thought I'd see that either. So, yeah. I'm going to say one other thing, Larry. I mean, I think it's a huge win, Um not only for someone who may be a Christian or um, other religious reasons, okay, no matter what a religion is, yep. I think it was a constitutional victory. I mean, let's just be yes. honest. Yeah. Abortion is not in the Constitution. It's not there. Sorry, yeah. it's just not. And so when you when you have a lot of these leftists like really concerned about it, it's just like, what are you concerned about? The only thing it did was just make it to where you at your state have to decide how you want to handle this. The people themselves are going to have to have, an, have, have a, a conversation and figure out what they want to do with this issue. Um, but the leftists always like it when they get a person in a black robe to rule their way. I, I got it, okay? But this thing was really just returning the issue back to the people where it belongs, and that's why I celebrated that, that, uh, that decision. It goes back to the states. That's where it belongs. Because, like you said, the one of the biggest lies that has ever been sold to the American people, especially, you know, suburban moms or whatever, uh, women Democrat voters, is uh, the right to, to choose uh, abortion. Okay, it is not a right. It is not spelled out in the Constitution at all. It is not a violation of the woman's life, uh, uh, life liberty, or pursuit of happiness to have a child. Okay, by definition of some women who view that as their specific purpose in life. So um, here's the deal with it is what's going to have to get figured out through 2023 is in California, in New York, in Illinois, in Minnesota, in name a couple other blue states, abortion is going to get a lot worse. You're going to see executive action probably. I would say you'd see executive action for, we already saw some of this in 2022, for federal government paying for people to fly to states for abortions. Um, things of that nature. And you're going to see abortion get a lot better in some red states that we already seen. And you're going to see that kind of continue to move uh, in that direction. So you're going to see some, some polarizing things, I think, surrounding abortion. But 
that doesn't mean you don't overturn Roe v. Wade and get this thing back to the states. Uh, my, my argument with abortion has always been, well, when does the Constitution apply to the baby? That's always been my kind of, when do we say that happens? Is, yeah. this, is this a, uh, an abolitionist type issue? Is this issue going to raise to the level of, of uh, the, the anti-slavery movement of the 19th century? Not in 2023, but uh, it probably needs to. I mean, so this is my opinion now. Is it going to happen in 2023? No. Um, but if you want to add a 26th Amendment protecting the life of a child, then, then that's, the only way you, that's the only way you solve it permanently. You know what I mean? Um, is that going to happen? No, pro- probably not. I mean, I, I don't see anything like that. But then again, I mean, you know, in 1815, uh, nobody probably thought there was going to be a 14th Amendment. You know what I mean? So, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you could get a constitutional amendment passed saying uh, all life is sacred from the moment of conception, then you end abortion in this country uh, the date that thing goes into effect. Yeah. Uh, Pete Moss... You know we've a good got a good ways into this uh, discussion. He's over here. He's over here shamming. Yeah, so. he is, man. I thought maybe we could. <laughs> we just, got we got to pull him in. Know, so, man. Sorry, man. I get to rolling, dude. Pete that that, that, that Joker's guy. out there pulling security. We need to bring him in, man. Yeah. He's he's the youngest guy. Maybe we can just kind of bring you in. Yeah. No. Uh, kind of what I was thinking about in a question that I had. I wanted you to be able to make your points sure. and not continue to interrupt you. Um, in regards to getting Republicans into these blue states, uh, like Pennsylvania, for example, do you think that in this last cycle, the Republican Party realized that they can't just throw anybody that they want on the ballot real thinking that they're going to win because Democrats are bad? Like If that's the narrative that they're just going with, can I just throw anybody up there? And they'll win. Do you think that was kind of the underwhelming part of the red wave that we really hoped would happen that didn't happen? Yeah, that was uh, that was definitely part of it at the later part of 2022 last year there. Um, so I think, there, well, actually, uh, Mitch McConnell said basically the same thing. Like, uh, And so did uh, Kevin McCarthy, I think, said something along the lines of like, hey, we just need to not screw this up, which but always count on Republicans to screw it up. Okay. They're going to mess it up. Um, but yeah, they thought they, I mean, they had good reason to think that there was no way they were losing seats anywhere. Now they, they still won the house. Okay. You know, uh, losing an extra Senate seat, whatever this, that, or what the Senate was tough math from the get go. I, I never actually thought we were going to win the Senate. 50, 50 was kind of where I was at. Anyway, the point being is, I think they thought they were going to win no matter what. Conservative pundits said the same thing because of how bad everything was, how bad uh, the president was over the last... uh, (laughs) This month is the second, the end of the second year of the Biden administration. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was January 21, he was sworn in off, you know, like <laughs> things aren't good. Okay. Um, so they had reason to be positive for their results. I just think, uh, they mismanaged some resources. I think they mismanaged some money. I think they didn't actually like 
the Democrats go out and vote for six weeks, and we just show up on election day because we're supposed to show up on election day and flood the zone. Well, you know, it, like in Philadelphia, when you lose Philadelphia 90-10, you're not going to win Pennsylvania. You don't have to win Philadelphia. You just have to get it 70-30. Now, how do you do that? I don't know exactly, but that's what they got to figure out. And then why people are splitting tickets in Georgia. You know, we got to figure that out as well. But for some reason, they did. Hey, since you were on the uh, pl- – we're talking uh, heavy political front here. Uh, we talked a little bit about this last time we met last year, now that it's 2023. What do we see as far as the impact, uh, you know, with uh, the inflation that we've seen, with the economy and all that? Where do we see this all going? So at the later part of 2022 – um, the financial pundits were all talking about March being in a recession. Uh, I, I, you know, the, call me a traditionalist or a conservative or whatever. I, I call the definition of recession what it has been for years and years and years, which was two consecutive quarters of um, uh, negative growth. So basically two quarters in a row, no growth. As a matter of fact, retraction. Yeah. That happened in 2022 and everybody in the media was like, it's not a recession, okay? <laughs> so we were in a recession already. Uh, so predicting a recession in March is not a stretch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. So uh, I think December's, November's, December's, I forget, uh, inflation rate was somewhere around the sevens. It's been steady 8 9%, 7% for all of 22. And there's no reason to suggest that that number changes. Uh, in the future, um, theoretically, the Republican House should be able to control the continuing resolution and and uh, isolate some of the spending so that we don't have as much runaway government spending as we used to. But the Republicans do not have a history of curtailing uh, federal mm-hmm. budgets, uh, which, by the way, we haven't operated on a budget in this country since 2008. Mm-hmm. So $31 trillion in debt, the debt service on that is... I, that number that you can't yeah. do that math in your head. You need a calculator Those for that. Big numbers. Um, just the debt service on that. Social Security's uh, deficit about a trillion bucks. Medicaid's trillion bucks deficit. Defense spending's uh, eight hundred thirty-five billion for twenty twenty-three. Um, there's no, there's no indicate. There's no data to support that inflation is going down. Hey, and on that, we also talked about uh, the Ukraine-Russian conflict, the war. How does that play into all this, too? Can we say that that has has to have an impact? Yeah, I mean, it's going to have an impact. So, you know. That's another little piece. Are the the Republicans going to give, you know, the executive branch money to to fund uh, arms and and lethal aid for Ukraine in 2023? Mm -hmm. Or are they going to try to make a political point and not fund it? Uh, You know, the other thing to think about is energy has got to come from somewhere. Um, the strategic oil supply and yeah. or strategic petroleum reserve, reserve in September or October of 22 was somewhere around 400 million barrels. And they drained at least another 30, 40, 50 million out of there before the end of the year. Yeah. It's the lowest level since the 1980s. That's why we had those $2.80, uh, you know, gallon. OPEC, uh, everybody forgets this. Uh, OPEC said last year they're not going to increase drilling. We're certainly not going to increase any sort of oil exploration or, or, or drilling or ex- export. 
So where I'm going so, with that is, uh, yeah, the, the the question with Ukraine, so yeah, it all plays Russia's into Ukraine, big, Ukraine as well. But, but uh, with this uh, new guys with the gavel, can we expect to see some changes in our fuel and how we operate with our fuel? Are, are we are we still going to just go with the status quo the way it's always been, or can we maybe uh, so, anticipate some changes with that? I'm a natural optimist, and I know I'm killing the mood with everybody listening and the guys in the room. But there, I, I have no data to support, no historical precedent to support the idea that the Republicans are going to get in there with power and all of a sudden make it better. Here's, and here's, I'm, I can't stand leftists. I am a conservative through and through, if you haven't figured out. And I love this country to death. I want us to succeed on all, but there, I don't have any data to support any improvement. Well, l- let me ask let me ask you this, Larry, because this is kind of you kind of talked about things are going to get worse before they get better. Yes. Yes, and, but the future I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Well no no and, and I and I I think we're on the cusp of something here because we talked about the fact that the Supreme Court sort of righted itself and said, hey, yep. this is a state issue. We talked about the, the things that some of these states are doing, okay, like Florida and some other places. Uh, some states are going one direction. Some states are going other directions. Right. Um, the economic situation, the out-of-control spell, uh, uh, spending, um, the the, uh, the opinions on abortion, okay, from, from state to state. What I see is more of a division between sort of the ideologies of the states. And I'm wondering if we're going to start seeing in 2023 maybe some of these states reassert their sovereignty and trying to protect their state citizens a little bit, trying to push back a little bit on some of the damage of the, the federal government uh, and ineptitude, okay, things that they're supposed to be handling and just aren't. So the states are going to have to kind of rise to the occasion, rise to the challenge. Are we going to see sort of a trend in 2023 where there's really going to start becoming a lot more disparity between say a New York or a California and a place like Texas and, and Florida or, or wherever you pick. I mean, this, this is a, a big difference where people might have to start thinking about where they want to live in the future. Yeah. So the, the president I'm going to, I'm thinking of um, kind of off the top of my head here is uh, the California migration. Okay. So people have been moving out of California in droves for uh for uh, years now, yeah, and big number, and people have moved out of New York into the South, especially Florida, for for years now. Make America California. Well, you know, yeah. it does yeah. not appear yeah. that those voters took their ideology with them. Yeah, I'm being uh, harsh, because better better lost by people like us. 20, that just got ten out points, of there, fifteen. Like, we've had enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think they're literally moving because they're they're just done. Yeah. Um, that, who can blame him? Uh, but Florida, I mean, DeSantis, that's record. He won Miami-Dade County in November. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he flipped Hispanic vote. He, he won by 20, 21 points. People are waking um, up. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, is there uh, is there a way that states will protect their own side? I mean, yes, there there is precedent for this. There's data to support this as well. Uh, at the end of 23, Governor DeSantis down there in Florida and his uh, Surgeon General started working on... Um, Basically, if they're going to figure out if they're going to charge people for criminally for for COVID thing, they're they're conducting their investigation. Uh, I think you'll see some of that come out in twenty twenty three. I don't know because yeah. you know I 
I had high hopes years ago on the Durham report that never came to anything. You know what I mean? So we'll see what happens with it. But uh, DeSantis is working some stuff. Abbott tweeted during his campaign at the end of last year that he was going to declare an invasion and then basically usurp the federal government with the border situation in Texas. Um, he needs about $4 billion to do the wall, the, the border wall for, for Texas. Um, if Christy Lake would have won in Arizona, I think you would have seen a lot done on the border. She did not win. So I think you'll see nothing done in Arizona. And then you see the, the contrast Newsom, uh, is just asking for money. Not for a yeah. wall or anything, but for social services. Here's my failed program, so I'm going to pass the hat. Yeah, there you go. I just keep yeah, I mean, me out. You know, in, government. Yeah. at the end of December 20, you know, I'm going to tie this back into uh, Ram. Yeah. Um, the, you know, uh, they were talking about uh, 23 government spending, federal government spending at $1.7 trillion. All the COVID stuff still baked in, was baked into that, that budget. Uh, not a budget, continuing resolution. Those million dollar crappers um, in you know, Frisco. So I mean, nothing. They haven't gone down any sort of spending, and there's yeah. no reason to think they they would. But uh, are the states going to, you know, say no to federal money? I, I doubt yeah. that. Um, and normally, federal money is tied to things. So I, I think you'll see some states, some on some issues, uh, kind of reinforcing their own sovereignty. Uh, yeah. As far as that goes, See, but it's going to be very specific issues. It's yeah. not. It's not going to be like highway money. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like we. This is where I think. Uh, I think we're coming back around to what I was talking about with uh, you know the Roe Ro v. Wade thing, and and how that was good. But uh, I think we're going to see. I agree with you. We're going to see more things along uh, coming down the pike uh, that are related to the states' rights and the state sovereignty, which I think are good things. Uh, and, and again, you know, uh, I, I'm also wishful thinking because I think the people that went to the red states, they did it for a reason. And uh, I see uh, we, you know, we uh, have a, a voter base, okay, that's going to, that's kind of woke up. And they've, you know, they've seen the yeah. light of two, of two years plus their failed policies. And and uh, people don't like what what's what they're seeing. Yeah. So I, I'm 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 looking at 23 being a good year as far as things, people coming out and uh, you know and seeing more things down the pike. I'm not, I mean, what do you? We've kind of gone around everywhere on this, but what is something like a big big thing this year? You're you're hopeful. I'm hopeful a lot of things, but what do you see that's hopeful this year, politically, that could break free, and it could make things better for America. If I could do that, that's a big one. Okay. I mean, you're so, not Nostradamus. Okay. And, you know, we predictions don't want to make predi- predictions are very scary. What I would uh, like to see is uh, the Republican Party actually come out of its shell and lead. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't done it for decades. Yeah. And it needs to. Okay. It, the Republican Party is, is very close uh, to losing a good portion of its base. Yeah. And uh, they, they need to figure out how to take the power that they were given from the American voter in the House of Representatives and turn that into results uh, yeah. when there's – hey, so they're not going to have much. If I could just exfoliate myself just for a second and be the 
idiot in the room. But uh, I was just talking to my wife about this the other day that I said, you know, I'm just tired of all the I'm tired of these two parties. And it looks like nobody's representing us. And, yeah. and, I, and I'm like, hey, look, how about somebody do their job that's an elected official and represent the American people and, and the ideals that we have? And I, I would I would like to see that, too. I'd like to see a little bit more backbone. I'd like to uh, I'd like to see people actually be motivated for, by things other than money. Yeah. And power. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, so that that would be really good uh, yeah. because I don't like to I know that's not a good political parties have to exist. I know that our founding fathers said two parties are going to be bad. Gosh, they were right. But uh, but it is the nature of the beast. I think. But yeah, you can add to that. Like, I, yes, I want to see the Republican. The, 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 the deck stacked against them. They've got a media apparatus totally aligned against them. They, now that Musk owns Twitter, they're going to have something, and they've got the Twitter I'm files for their investigations. Okay, uh, so they've got they've got some stuff. Don't put too much look. Don't put too much trust in Elon Musk. The guy is literally building rocket ships to take us all to Mars because he thinks the planet is going to end. Okay, but and cool, he might, and he might be right, <laughs> and we might all be crazy. But I think you can also see in twenty three, twenty three. I know I kind of laid this thing out like it's going to be a pretty. You know, I think it's chill year, year, but it's but I think good. it's going to be actually a pretty wild year to be completely honest with you. Because I think be very tumultuous. I think, I think you're going to see right. some executive action out of the uh, out of the administration there. That is uh, is going to be pretty wild. Uh, I don't know what exactly, but I think it's just going to be like, whoa, okay, we didn't think we would ever get here, and now here we are. I want I want uh, to hear from you know our our young guy, yeah, because I'm really I mean, oh, I was we, gonna we're over the hill. I mean, yeah. you know, that's just the deal. I, I'm really, I'm curious, like, what does this up and coming generation? We're old and tired. Yeah. You know, what? Where do you guys see? What do you What do you think about this country? Where do you think it's going? Where do you What do you? Obviously, we screwed it up, okay. And, and our parents and yeah, our the, grandparents. the boomers are to blame for all this. By you know, the they, way. we are absolutely okay. I'm, I'm a, <laughs> you know, I'm a, a Gen X or whatever they they call yeah, it. We're Gen the, X the, after yeah. the baby okay. boomers. Boomers and Gen X, both of you are to blame for this, <laughs> and, and we are. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, okay, what is this younger younger generation like? What is, yeah. how are they going to write this ship? What what is their what do yeah. they think about this? I mean, is this thing is it is it have we screwed the pooch? Is it savable? Whatever is it salvageable? Whatever. To get in, uh, one just to go back to uh, Pete's point about candidate quality from the last uh, midterms. I I think uh, okay, I think the uh, twenty three. You might see some some rock stars come out from from the right side of the political aisle. We'll see. I don't know who it's going to be, but we'll see. <clears throat> to answer your question, like, I feel like I'm kind of an old soul, you know, like uh, all of the people I like hanging around with are guys like yourselves, because, uh, I mean, even when I was in college, like it was, I was an outcast, man. Like if you, and that's one thing that I think really screwed this, uh, screwed the pooch, if you will, is just allowing the leftist ideologies to reign supreme in the education centers, like around the country, it's absurd. Single point failure. Yeah. yeah, boom. I mean, it's absolutely absurd. And just a quick anecdote for me: like, I was, I did very well. I was one of the top two in my class for my major, but because of my political beliefs, a class that I had during the week—it was a one-hour class a week—and it was just, it was called self and community, but it was more indoctrination and bullshit you would sit down and they would tell you you're a horrible person for being white you're a horrible person for being a man 
men are no longer men should not men should be submissive. Yeah. These are all points that were I was told to, yeah. and I would be marked down on my assignments. I was in the honor society, and even though I would write very well written papers with eight plus sources, I would never get higher than fifty percent. So they're literally driving people of conservative backgrounds out of the education, out of education around the country because they don't want them there. That's true. And the, and the, the snapback is starting on that. It started in 2022. That's true. Um, we saw a lot of school boards flip. Okay. Mm-hmm. Universities, a little bit different situation. Um, but yeah, no, people that, are waking perfectly up. valid. Yeah. Point. Um, but uh, yeah, it's... It, it, it's a rough situation out there, and it's going to be a tumultuous 2023. Uh, <laughs> I've got a question kind of for the table here. Um, looking at the quality of people, like the lack of work ethic, especially in my generation. I mean, I know people who can't go 20 minutes without looking at their phone. Mm-hmm. I know people, I mean, there's videos in that you know Chinese indoctrination app of TikTok that will post videos of themselves crying because they're one person short at Starbucks. They're, they're crying. I'm about to go home. I can't handle this. Do you think that has something to do with the state of the country as it is now? Hey, man. Hey, yeah. Let me let me jump in there, right? So um, I think something I saw that really was very provocative. Uh, you've heard of uh, Mike Rowe, Dirty Jobs. Mike Rowe, right? Well, uh, he came on Fox and Friends, and he said that, uh, and his numbers are right, roughly 7 million able-bodied men, young men, are sitting out of the workforce. Mm-hmm. And I think those are those types of guys crying, right, at Starbucks or whatever. And he, he mentioned this, uh, stuff like skilled trades, carpentry, electricians, plumbers, uh, they are leaving the workforce. They're just aging out. Uh, and five are leaving, but only two are coming back in. Now, I just, just throw this in the pot of the stuff. And, and I think uh, part of that is there, you know, what we, what you're saying. That's part of the problem. I mean, what do you think about that? That's sad. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you're driving conservatives out of colleges, and you're also promoting college to a point where if you don't yeah. go, your your life is over, and you're not promoting yeah. these trade schools, which I think, you know, yeah. per, if you call me out on it, I think I'm wrong, but I think it was Chuck Schumer uh, basically outlined Wonderful what guy. population yeah. population collapse would be, and he's saying, oh, no, we need, we know all these illegal immigrants are coming in, and we know they're just flooding the border, but we, we, we're t- we have too few people to fill these these labor jobs. So we actually need them now. Do you think that yeah. was calculated as well or just more um, coincidental, if you will? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There <laughs> there's, a play, there's a playbook out there. there we, are no, we're not privy there, to There it. are no coincidences. There are but, no. but we joke so, about it. There really is a playbook. <laughs> it's a lefty the, uh, Yeah. That's part of it. The, the the people out of the workforce are out of the workforce for whatever reason. I, I don't know why. They're just, they, they they can't handle filling up my cafe latte. I don't shop at Starbucks, but um, anyway, uh, I there there is there was incentives to stay home and not work. There are still incentives to stay home and not work. There are um, depending on what state you're in. There's additional incentives. There's a lot going on that's you know more than just uh, I don't want to be at work. 
you know, there's some incentives to, to, to stay home as well. Yes. People who are 18 need to just go out and build a fence and rake leaves. They get satisfaction from completing work. It gives them dignity. They need to get out of their house. There's dignity there. Get out and sweat. Parents. Go get dirty. Parents need to love their children and tell them like what they need to do and not, Oh, I'm a a 12 year old boy, but I'm a girl now. Okay. Here, here's your, uh, Puberty blockers. That's not love. That's yeah. okay. You're gonna go sanity. You know, it's, come yeah. on. We we need to. Yes, there needs to. Be, this thing is gonna. It's gonna swing back the other yes. way. Uh, we just don't know when. So that that's what I mean. When the future I is actually. I hope we make. Moving, I hope we make strides this year. But by yeah. design, okay. Uh, hey, look, Klaus Schwab, World Economic Forum, Great Reset. It's, well, it's a real thing. Well published, uh, well researched uh, uh, deal out there. I don't. We don't have time to get into it right now, but uh, that's something worth looking into on on some of the things happening in in Davos and in Washington and stuff like that. So, if you have time, just just go Google it. You know, there's, and there's also no reason for people, the younger generation especially, or older or anybody, you can go to Amazon, you know, and, and pull up a docu series, a documentary about whatever you want to learn about. You can go on YouTube and learn how to fix a car. Like it's, you know, you're not going to get a certification from YouTube, but you know what I mean? Uh, there's things you can do to have dignity and respect and get it, get something done other than, uh, you know, Facebook and, and, oh, speaking of social media and everything, you know, African American suicide was up 52% in 2022. Wow. Yeah. 52%. Um, they're saying, uh, adolescent suicides up 30, I think is what it was. And they're, they're tying a lot of this back to you know people don't have real friends anymore right yeah. um I, i'm not on social media so I, I don't give a rip i think people should just yeah get off. absolutely yeah, but um less of that yeah. and more making real friends and get your hands dirty get out and running but i think you might see some i don't know you'll probably see how that stuff gets reported when you look at 2023 is you know educators right you know they'll say like hey um, we need innovative and and bold solutions for the child anxiety, depression, and suicide problem. Mm. They'll say stuff like that, which translation to government means give me more money. Mm. Let me hire more psychotherapists. That's not the solution. The solution is, um, if I get into Paul's world, the solution is, if you want a new trick, read an old book. Okay? And the best book of all time is also the oldest book of all time. It's called the Bible. There's a lot of real good wisdom in there. Um and it would be good for some of us younger folks to uh, get back into that book. Very nice. I couldn't have said it better, my friends. Well, I think uh, there's a lot of challenges we have for 2023. And, uh, you know, we don't have a crystal ball. No, neither do we want to look into one. Uh, but, you know, we started off with Alexis de Tocqueville, and I want to go back to him. I want to give you the full quote here. I think we can live, uh, leave off on a good note. So he wrote in his book, Democracy in America, and this is what he said of the United States. I sought for the greatness and genius of America in her commodious harbors and her ample rivers, and it was not there. I sought for the greatness and genius of America in her fertile fields and boundless forests, and it was not there. I sought for the greatness and genius of America in her rich mines and her vast world commerce, and it was not there. I sought for the greatness and genius of America in her public school system and her institutions of learning, and it was not there. I will refrain 
from comment. I sought for the greatness and genius of America in her democratic Congress and her matchless constitution, and it was not there. Not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits flame with righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and power. America is great because she is good, and if America ceases to be good, she will cease to be great. My friends, uh, May 2023, be an awesome year. God bless you. God bless America. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Pinelander Podcast. If you enjoy our unique content, please consider supporting our sponsors. Soft News, providing special operations news from around the world. It's where Paul and I go to keep abreast of what's going on within the soft community. Check them out at soft.news. Blacksmith Publishing, been serving the warrior class since 2013. They have great titles written for warriors, by warriors. If you're looking for excellent reference material or just want to unwind with a great novel, be sure to check out the bookstore located at blacksmithpublishing.com. And if you're looking for some cool Pinelander apparel, head on over to the general store located at pinelandergeneralstore.com. That's all one word, pinelandergeneralstore.com. Have a great selection of shirts, hats, jackets, sweaters, stickers, patches, artwork, and a whole lot more. Check out the store at pinelandergeneralstore.com. If you're interested in helping develop our country's next generation of warriors, uh, please consider donating to the American Agogi Project. The mission of the project is to foster an environment producing able-bodied citizen warrior men of fine character. And we'll be officially launching the project in 2023 in celebration of uh, Blacksmith Publishing's 10th anniversary. Until our next meeting, stay mentally and tactically smart, physically and spiritually strong, and socially astute. To each other, we pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. May God continue to bless Pineland.